Learn to make money online the right way. You're listening to the Create Profits Online Podcast with the dude that puts more glide in your stride, more pep in your step. And if you don't dig this mess, you got the wrong damn address. From the back of the shack, getting down to the nitty gritty in the big city, here's your host, Todd Snively. And he's looking damn pretty. Let's go. Yes, 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 yes. Let's go indeed. All right, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Creating Profits Online Podcast. And I want to just give you a quick update on one of the last shows that we did. It was on former Amazon millionaire Justin Legere and the fact that he was headed to jail for his murder for hire plot. And I, I apparently in the state of Arizona for a class six felony, threatening to kill somebody, actually hiring somebody to do it is worth four weeks in county jail. That was his official sentence. Now a birdie, little birdie told me, the judge after the fact, after the sentence was made, knocked it down to two weeks. So Mr. Legere enjoyed his uh, bologna sandwiches. And of course, that's an assumption. It's what I see people in county eating on the crime TV shows anyway. And uh, by this time, by the time this podcast is out and live, he's back in the real world. And again, my only wish for Justin Legere is that he bottomed out enough to be able to turn his life around and start being the wonderful person that I know that he can be. All right. So let's get uh, let's go get going today. What are we going to be talking about today? Today, I want to talk about something that I, I think bears talking about. A lot of people are curious about this, and it has to do with the differences about uh, becoming a solopreneur versus an entrepreneur. What are the differences? I know a lot of people are interested in starting their own business, and they're either going to start it as a solopreneur or as an entrepreneur. So, you know, if you're interested in starting your own business, becoming a solopreneur, this episode's for you. And as a solopreneur, you're going to be responsible for your own productivity. And that can be very difficult for people. You're going to want to learn discipline, number one, how to have routines in place and, and work on completing all of your goals. Now, of course, you don't need to do all of this work on your own. As a business owner, you will need to know what tasks need your attention and which ones to outsource. We're also going to be covering a little bit about content marketing, some social media business strategies, and that you'll be able to use these things to further your personal brand. So there's a lot to cover. Let's see if we can get it done in, in one episode. But if you are seriously considering becoming a solopreneur, you're going to want to listen very carefully to this podcast, because we're going to go over even the smallest of details. So if you enjoy working independently, then this might be the perfect fit for you by becoming a solopreneur because many solopreneurs, they enjoy working alone and they do not want to have a boss to report to. Uh, kind of describes me 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Oh my goodness. Now you may even have some ideas in your head already for what you want your business to be. Just from talking a lot of you out there, I think some people aren't sure what, what actually a solopreneur does. Many people still confuse this term with the term entrepreneur. And while they have many, many similarities, they also do have some essential differences that you're going to want to be aware of. So first of all, what is a solopreneur? A solopreneur, that's an individual 
who runs their own business. They do not require any co-founders, partners to start up. They don't have any W-2 employees. The solopreneur is comfortable running all of their business tasks and all of the projects themselves. Now, this requires that they have many, many skills on a broad range of topics. Now, that doesn't mean that a solopreneur can't outsource some of their work to contractors or freelancers, but they don't need to give a W-2 to anybody. You know, this allows, allows them to still work with professionals to help build their brand while not having any employees. Now, a solopreneur, you can fall into many different industries. You know, you can be a freelance graphic designer or writer. You can even be a virtual assistant as a solopreneur, a business consultant, you know, or any kind of small business owner, things like even a social media manager or affiliate marketer, anything that you're doing on your own, that you're not working for someone else. And it's expected that independent workers receive actually more career opportunities uh, within the next few years because records indicate a majority of solopreneurs feel more comfortable working on their own and prefer it over traditional jobs. No kidding. (laughs) Many also feel less stressed with their work and believe it's much better for their mental health. Again, from personal experience, while it's extremely challenging and can be stressful, I can see where it is much less stressful than trying to meet potentially impossible demands from a boss. So if you want a job that, you know, can provide you with consistent growth, and I I use the term job, you know, very loosely here, you know, consistent growth, satisfaction, then, you know, potentially a solopreneur career could be a perfect match for you. You're going to have a more flexible life, and then you get to build your schedule to suit you the best. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to work one hour work days. Uh, 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 uh. I used to joke that uh, the you know, the nice thing about being self-employed, whether it's solopreneur or entrepreneur, is that you only have to work half days. And the best part is you get to pick which 12 hours. All right. <laughs> okay. I can't promise the jokes are going to get any better at all, but it's worth it. It absolutely is worth it. And many people do confuse solopreneurs with entrepreneurs. And it's important that you do know the difference. So if you want to enter into this profession, A solopreneur is the founder and sole employee of the business. And an entrepreneur will usually have a team that they manage. Overall, solopreneurs have a lot more freedom between the two positions. I am an entrepreneur. I have several different businesses. I have employees. I have warehouse space. I have virtual employees also. But because of all of that, I'm an entrepreneur. And it is a little less freedom than just being a solopreneur. Matter of fact, you know, my goal right now is to transition from an entrepreneur into a solopreneur. So in any event, we'll talk about the differences a little more also, because a lot of people, you know, they go, okay, solopreneur, I get it. Well, what's a solopreneur do? (laughs) Well, basically you're in charge of every aspect of your brand and business. And, you know, you're usually going to handle a majority of tasks and projects all on your own. And again, you may outsource some things or even hire professionals to help, but traditionally a solopreneur is the only employee of the business. So for example, a solopreneur may hire a graphic designer to help them build and create a website. 
this process. It's, it's, you know, it's not part of your day-to-day business operation of your brand, but it's still essential for your business to grow. As a solopreneur, you know, do not hesitate to work with freelance professionals, virtual assistants, when you can't handle the task on your own. Usually when people are starting out, you know, they don't have an unlimited budget. So you're a true solopreneur. You're going to be doing everything yourself. And I've said this before, people without money, without resources have to be willing to do the things they are not going to want to do when they actually achieve success and have some resources. So understand that as the solopreneur, you're the founder of that business and you're responsible for creating everything, products if you're selling them, services if you're giving them, and even the most important thing you're responsible for, getting customers. So what are you going to be doing? Like, well, you know, an entrepreneur might start their business by themselves. It usually doesn't stay that way for long. As soon as I could afford it, I was hiring people to take things off my plate, you know, and I'm going to hire a whole team to handle projects and tasks that help me do the thing that I'm good at, which is figuring out the things that are going to actually make the money for the company. And everybody else I have on the team as an entrepreneur are doing the things that I'm telling them to do. So employees responsible for ensuring that the customers get what they pay for, plain and simple. In short, an entrepreneur like myself is going to be delegating more work than the solopreneur. Solopreneur is going to be handling a lot of stuff themselves. Now, an entrepreneur that way, you know, and the way I just described it is much more like a, a manager. My official title is the CEO of amazement. Okay. Simply means I manage everything and it's amazing. I can get it all done. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, the way I run my business is I'm basically overseeing the work of the people that I hire and I do the things that I enjoy doing myself, like a podcast. And many people, you know, they feel more comfortable as a solopreneur because they're not really great managers. Okay. So understand that if you if you don't think you're going to make a good manager of the people you're hiring, then you're not going to be a good entrepreneur. And maybe you should think about just being the solopreneur because as you're, as you build your business, you will start noticing more opportunities coming your way. Once you get the ball rolling, trust me, it's going to get a lot easier. And that initial push can be very tough. But soon, you're going to have the chance for plenty of professional growth. And that can include, you know, higher cash flow, making more money, reaching, you know, your career goals, learning new skills, and gaining more experience. I look back on my 40 years, and every one of those, I've seen incredible growth. So it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen if you stay at it. Because professional growth is essential for any solopreneur to succeed. If you're not growing, you're dying. The more you learn, the better you can use your skills to improve your business. This creates a positive cycle that allows you and your business to continue growing and improving together. And this is why I tell people with resources, you know, let your wallet get things done. Pay for uh, things to happen faster. Pay people that know better than you to get a project completed. Buy your way to the front of the line is another way to look at it. Again, if you don't have those kinds of resources, you're going to have to work a lot harder. You're going to have to read a lot of books. You're going to have to take courses, online courses, to know what you don't know and implement yourself, all right? Now, the best way to grow as a solopreneur is to develop your network. When more people are aware of you, you will have more opportunities to build business relationships with other professionals, and you can gain more exposure, 
you know, more work or more sales through your network. Overall, running your own business will put your natural talents to the test. Trust me on this. And you will work hard to develop them into professional skills, allowing you to grow further and earn a steady income. Let me ask you this. Would you rather work with a 21-year-old who had just kind of learned how to build a website? Or would you rather work with someone that's been doing it for 20, 25 years, has a whole portfolio that blows your mind when you look at it? And they're both charging the same. <laughs> it's not a rocket scientist to, to know what the right decision there is. There's several signs that you can you know look for to know that you're actually ready to be a, a solopreneur, ready to build your own business. Things like, do you actually have some passion? I talk to a lot of people that say, yeah, I want to I start my own business. I want to make some money online or whatever, but they have no passion for it. It's just, yeah, you know, that can be kind of nice. No passion. Plus, you have to be able to believe in your talents and ideas. If you bought into all of the programming that went into your brain when you were growing up, you're not good enough. You should be happy with what you have. You, people are starving in Africa, right? Which is all true, but how, does, <laughs> how, should, that, how should that stop you you know, from believing in yourself and your talents and the ideas you're having. Plus, if you already have an idea for a brand, whether it's a personal brand or a product you want to make, maybe you're ready to be a solopreneur, especially if you have a product or a service to offer. Now, I actually, one of the services that, that I have, that I have a passion for, is to help people determine what's the best way for them to make money online because it's so freaking confusing for most people. So your, your brand idea or your product or your service can be nothing more than helping people make the right decision about a niche topic. And I also think if you got to be ready to learn and make a plan, I don't think there's any solopreneurs that know everything they need to know or, or how do you say that they, they don't know what they don't know when they're just getting started. You know, you have a step one through 10 plan and then on step four, you realize you're missing step five. <laughs> you can't get to step six. Because you don't know what you don't know. But if you're ready to learn and can make a plan to at least get started, we call it jumping off the cliff, right? you can build that plane on the way down. And there's many signs to know when you're ready. you know. But the most important, I believe, you have to love learning. And you have to be able to learn. Solopreneurs, you know, you really need to be a jack of all trades. I still to this day cannot believe the some of some of the things I had to learn how to do that I would have never in a million years told you, well, yeah, one day I'm going to wake up and have to figure out how to fix a printer. You know, where, where'd that come from, right? It just, it, <laughs> the opportunity to learn how to fix your printer presents itself and you have to love that opportunity and you have to love learning what you need to know, right? Solopreneurs, you know, you need to be that jack of all trades because you're going to handle everything, within your business. That means you need plenty of skills and you have to learn a lot of skills and a lot of different techniques in order to succeed. Otherwise, what's going to happen? You're going to hit a stumbling block, right? And quit. Oh, my printer's broken. I guess uh, I should go back to uh, working at McDonald's. No, fix that printer. Okay. Now, you know, this should be obvious, but all solopreneurs need something Something that you're passionate about. And even if you think passionate is too strong of a word, take it down a notch. But, you know, passion would be good. You know, you probably heard the saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And we could debate that like all day long. Because <laughs> I'll say, I mean, if, if you love what you do, I'll guarantee you the roadblocks that 
come along to derail you, you're not necessarily going to love. But that's why you have to be good at fixing stuff, you know, solving problems. So this can be true for solopreneurs, that kind of an attitude. Love what you do. You'll never work a day in your life. Okay. Anyway, you're going to need to invest a lot of time into managing your business. But know that that's what's going to be what makes you grow. Plus, when the people that are watching you see that you love what you're doing, they're going to be much, much more interested in what you have to offer them. If you can't get excited about it, how do you expect them to get excited about it? Make sense? Now, you're going to need to create what I call a single business focus. And the first step, the very first step in starting that new business venture of yours is to choose a single focus. Solopreneurs, I mean, they usually cater to what's called a niche market where they can build an active and interested audience. You're going to want to have a steady customer base before you move on to anything else. And this kind of gets, I'm probably getting ahead of myself with shiny object syndrome, but just think single business focus. We can talk later on about when it's okay to pivot to something else, when it's okay to start looking at someone else's greener grass. But for right now, you must have a single business focus because having reliable customers is essential. And if one day you're talking about this, the next you're talking about that, and the other day you're talking about something else, they're they're not going to be reliable customers for all these different things. And having reliable customers, that's what keeps your business profitable and allows you to engage with your customers easily. Plus, a solid customer base keeps your business easy to manage. If you start to branch out too much, you might have trouble handling all of those new tasks on your own. And this is why I really hate the term serial entrepreneur and maybe even ser- serial solopreneur, right? And maybe uh, hate the term is is too strong. It's more that I hate people who use a, use it in the wrong way, okay? Because being a serial entrepreneur probably means you've just failed at a lot of businesses <laughs> and have keep moving around. A true serial entrepreneur is one that starts with a single business focus and then builds within that niche, not going into completely different niches. Okay. We can talk about that all day long. So I think what I really want to say here is that your single business focus will need to be at the center of all of your services and products. For example, if you're running a freelance graphic design business, you'd focus on delivering the graphics your customers wanted. You would likely not branch out too much into other areas. You know, this is another difference between entrepreneurs and solopreneurs. You know, an entrepreneur who runs a graphic design business would have a team of designers working for them. They could offer more services, which would be hard for a single person to do. Still, your single focus should be, you know, what you love or at least like more than you hate, right? I get, you know, these extremes, I get a little, a little twisted over passion and what you love, but you know, just having one main service or product, you know, it's also going to allow you to cater to a niche market where there's less competition. Many independent workers can meet all of their goals by doing this. So before you start working as a solopreneur, you need to know how to sell to a niche market. This is why choosing your business focus, your, your business focus is going to be the center of everything that you do. You don't want to pick something that you might might dislike or grow bored with later or really don't even know that much about. So you can ask yourself, I'll give you permission, what is your passion? Do you have any hobbies you want to market? 
if you love what you do, you are more, much more likely to succeed. But I've had some very successful niches where I wasn't all that passionate about. I got passionate about the money <laughs> that those niches provided me. And I would just continue to to build and build and build and eventually say, okay, this is this is kind of a cool niche that I like. But anyway, that's for another time. I can give you some steps. Let me give you some steps to determine what your business focus should be. We've said this already, focusing on your passion. So if, if you're passionate about the business, you should at least enjoy running it. You're also more likely to have experience in your passion or you're going to be at least much more willing to learn about it. And plenty of talents can be marketable. For, for instance, there's all those skills such as art and design, writing, copywriting, even knitting and sewing is incredibly marketable. Or even building computers, if you're into that, you got some marketable skills that you should be passionate about. Now, I want you to also, though, consider a work-life balance. For many people, balancing the time you spend working is really important. You want to ensure that you have time for other things like your hobbies or even just relaxing. And most importantly, spending time with your loved ones. You might want to avoid creating a business that requires super long working hours. And even though even though you can work from home, that does not mean you want to spend all your time on the clock. And this whole this whole concept of work life balance again, we could do hours and hours of content on that. If you are because I'm going to give you permission actually to work 20 hours a day if you want to and if anyone significant in your life is behind you on this. If they have the same vision that you do, if they're willing to support you while you put in a little extra time, then you have the proper work-life balance. It's usually when a spouse and a significant other, whatever, has a completely different idea of what work-life balance should be is when you start to get into trouble. Now, you're going to want to actually also do some testing on your focus here. So before, before you get the business officially running, it's important that you test your idea. So you're going to want to research how much demand is there for your product or service? How much is it going to cost to get your startup running and can you afford it? And what is it that you're going to do to stand out from the competition? What makes you unique? And does your product or service actually solve <laughs> your audience's problems? It, it does you no good whatsoever. Try to get out there and market something that's not going to solve anybody's problem. Then you're going to want to make a plan. You're going to want to write out your business plan, and this is going to include all the small details as well as your large goals, and be sure that you include how you plan to achieve them. It's like figuring out what you want, figure out how to get what you want, and then do, <laughs> do those steps, right? But make sure you write it this thorough plan. Ensure you've thought of everything through, giving you a much better chance at achieving success. I've always used this example of making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So if the task... Right? If the business plan, the end result is to have, you know, the most delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you can, you got a lot of small details to figure out. Because generally when I ask somebody who says, I want to be a solopreneur, I say, okay, your, your job, uh, your business is to make a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How do you do that? I go, easy. You get two slices of bread, you slap some peanut butter, some jelly in there, put them together. You got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I said, you are going to fail. <laughs> Because the very first question I'll ask him is, well, what kind of bread? Where did you get this bread? You know, how did you physically get to where you have to go to where the bread is? What kind of jelly? 
And that, I mean, we can go down the jelly road for an hour. What kind of tools do you need? Or how are you going to keep this bread safe and fresh? You get what I'm saying? Details. You're th- you want to write a thorough plan. Because what's going to happen is if I say, well, where are you going to get the bread? And if you don't know where to get the bread, you need to do some research. Otherwise, you're never going to complete all of the steps to get that sandwich made. So if you're still having trouble determining, you know, what your business focus should be, that's okay. That's fine. You're going to want to spend a lot of time thinking about your focus and and how you're going to achieve it. And it's okay. It's okay to wait a little. Well, I mean, because you want to ensure you have everything right. Nothing worse than executing a plan full of potholes or even having to face an eventuality that it's impossible to cross that finish line. So make sure you have everything right. You know, your business focus kind of summarize this up. Your business focus should be something unique that you enjoy doing. It's uh, difficult because it's difficult, difficult to work in fields that, you know, bore you or you'd you'd lose interest quickly. Then uh, you're going to likely losing money. Let's talk for a second here about selling to a niche market. Because once you have your business focus, you need to learn how to sell to that niche market. You're going to want to know everything you can about your audience. From there, you can use your focus to create your marketing strategy. And a well-thought-out content marketing strategy is essential. Now, luckily, you can build your own online. Many independent workers run social media pages for brands. To do this, though, you will need to work on your brand identity, then focus on uploading consistent content. Your unique business focus can lead to a great content marketing strategy naturally. For instance, if you're a photographer looking to market themselves, posting your professional shots, often on Instagram, would be extremely beneficial to you. And if your business offers products, then you can find plenty of ways to market online. Social media advertising is a great way to bring traffic to your website, which increases sales. When it comes to niche audiences, you want to be certain your ads are appealing to them. Otherwise, you're wasting your money. Most importantly, take the time to engage with your audience and listen to them. Your customers know what they want and they will tell you. Sometimes we'll run polls, questionnaires, and flat out ask them, what do you guys want from us? (laughs) But the idea is to build a market. I mean, is your idea so niche that there's no obvious market? You have to appeal to at least some of the masses, right? Now, you can always try to make your own niche, but to do this, you're going to need to invest a lot of time into your marketing campaign. I also recommend you focus on your brand's social media accounts. So once you've found your audience, you need to show them why they should buy your products or services. The best way to do this is to create a compelling story around your business focus. And potential customers, they're going to want to see all the benefits that your business has to offer them before they make any purchases. So... Get ready to tell your story through content creation. Make videos, images, articles, and make sure that you include all of the benefits that your brand has, as well as what makes it different from your competitors. Let's talk for a minute about working smarter, not harder. Because once your business is up and running, you will need to choose what tasks deserve your time. If you split yourself up between too many small tasks, your larger projects are never going to receive the time they need. And one of the best ways to do this is to keep a planner. Inside, you will want to record all of the important things you need to do, your to-do list that's going to include dates and be organized by importance. 
and always handle the most essential tasks first. And whether it's a paper, you know, a pen and paper type planner, I've seen some really nice ones, leather bound, moleskin, Montblanc pen. (laughs) All right. Whether it's that or an electronic planner, just make sure you keep a planner. But I know like sometimes with some of my businesses, they're just growing too rapidly for me to keep up with. This is when you need to work smarter, not harder. And there's plenty of ways to do this. First, get rid of distractions when you're working. And we're all guilty of checking our cell phones, but this can be harmful to productivity. And this is especially true for solopreneurs. They don't have a boss to tell them to get back to work, put the phone down, no more TikTok. You need to take responsibility for yourself. So when I'm working, I always mute my phone and I turn it upside down, okay? There's plenty of time management apps as well that you might want to consider using. But for me, it's best just to put it on do not disturb and flip it over and forget it's there until I've accomplished my task and then I'm taking a break and I can look at my phone then. But try to always mute it during whatever you've determined your working hours to be. At first, it can be hard to break bad phone habits. But if you start by muting it and setting it aside while you work on essential tasks, this can make a world of difference for a lot of you. The next thing I would, uh, I would tell you to do is to get a virtual assistant because a virtual assistant is someone who can help you with small tasks remotely. They don't have to be in the same country. They can schedule meetings, appointments, make phone calls for you, manage your inbox, your email inbox, all, all other sorts of planning tasks. They're much like an office assistant, although they're generally working from their own home. And virtual assistants, oh, they can be essential when you have too much work piling up on your plate. So instead of responding to dozens of emails yourself, the assistant will do it for you. That way you can put all of your time and focus into the bigger tasks that help your business grow. You might be surprised at how much time you spend either making calls or responding to emails. And once you get those non-essential tasks out of your way, your business will grow so much faster. So outsourcing and delegating work is just as important because once you've got the assistant, the worst thing is not to not to give them anything to do, right? <laughs> but I love outsourcing and delegating, you know, some of my projects to freelancers. So if you're starting to have less time to manage your social media, hire someone to do it for you. Professional social media managers can improve your engagement and post content as needed. And you're going to notice more growth when a pro is helping you out. You can hire, I don't know, designers. They can create all kinds of stuff for your business. Have someone else caption or translate video content. Hire a writer to make your blog posts or write your articles. And if you have a task that's too time consuming or too difficult, then there are, guarantee you, there's pros out there online who want to work for you and will do it without emptying your wallet. The best part, You can hire all of these people online. I've used Upwork, Freelancer, Fiverr, Indeed, OnlineJobs.ph. And that's just some examples of the online platforms. These sites have tons of freelancers working remotely, and they're also looking for work opportunities. You will be sure to find someone to fill the roles to get the jobs done that you have. Overall, it is important that solopreneurs feel comfortable delegating or outsourcing their work. You know, because as your business grows, there might be 
too many projects for you to manage all at once. By splitting up the work among others, you're ensuring you have enough time to complete your essential tasks. Of course, every solopreneur is also going to need solid time management skills. And here's here's some just some quick tips to build your time management skills. First of all, start your projects early. Don't wait to the last second, okay? Make sure to prioritize important tasks. Plan ahead often. Make a daily to-do list. I cannot begin to tell you how much that one has helped me. And take breaks. I love taking my breaks, okay? You can then also schedule and plan around deadlines. Keep your work areas organized and track when you are the most productive and work during those times, especially if you have something really that you're putting off. We call it eating the frog. When you need to eat a frog, work on either a big task or something you perceive to be uh, difficult, eat that frog and do it when you're most productive, usually first thing in the morning. And also use those apps to set reminders and timers so deadlines don't, uh, don't pass and you have stuff that you should have gotten done that you didn't, right? Now, for the most part, time management requires that you sit down and actually work. So you will need to set aside time to be productive. But I know, I know, I know this can be hard for many people. Why? Because everyone loves to procrastinate, which can be a difficult habit to break. If you always, you know, start working, though, at at the same time each day, and make sure to take consistent breaks, then end your working hours at the same time, you're creating a routine. And by following the routine, your brain will be encouraged to boost your productivity. If you do not have a routine, it would be best to plan one before you become an official solopreneur. And it took me many, many, many years of doing this before I felt comfortable going more on the fly, if you will you know, sleeping in, staying up late, working when I wanted to, as opposed to following a a routine. But you're going to have to get to that point. Everyone should start with the routine. And even I was talking about the breaks. I mean, taking breaks often, well, you know, it's going to help keep your mind fresh and encourage you to be more productive. There's something called the Pomodoro technique. It's simple and it's easy to follow. Simply set a timer for 25 minutes, work that entire time, then take a five minute break. And you're going to repeat this process until you're done with whatever project you're working on. And you're going to be shocked at what a difference this can make. The other thing you do is like use some technology. You can outsource some small groups of tasks using apps or artificial intelligence. For example, you could use a social media bot to respond to messages. This is going to give you more time to work on other bigger projects rather than getting interrupted every time a ding goes off and you have to go to their, say, your Facebook manager and find out what's going on. Use a bot. Apps are also extremely helpful for any any solopreneur. A time management app can track how you're spending your time and help you uh, correct your habits where needed. This process also can allow you to create a more effective workflow. Time management apps are great because they help you keep a good work-life balance. They will let you know if you're working too hard and ignoring other aspects of your life, as well as alert you if you're procrastinating on your projects. Asana. Oh my God, Asana. I have a love-hate relationship with Asana because that that program is constantly harping on me. Update your projects, update your projects. (laughs) But I mean, these apps are also great for determining what tasks are taking up the most time, allowing you to determine if you're spending your time 
wisely. Overall, every solopreneur has a wide range of technology available to them. You can make use of the apps and the AI to help outsource your work, as well as review the way you're currently spending your time. I'm going to call that it for today, but I still have a lot more to say. We're going to talk about, you know, how to stay productive and everything else that you need to know about solopreneur success. So for now, I want to say thanks for spending some time with me. I hope you got something out of the podcast and I look forward to talking to you next time. Remember, do something every single day to move yourself toward your goals. Take care.